When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Bernard. Mark Marinaccio, our special guest, the new season of Secrets at Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel premiered last night, as a matter of fact. We'll talk to Mark right after this in the family. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. What do you think of that, Andy? 
Good timing. You heard me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, Mark Manaccio. How you doing, Mark? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Believe me. No question about it. the History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, returns for season three. Last night that did happen at 9 o'clock Central Time. That's where we are in that time zone. Uh, so I, what I want to do, Mark, is just shut up and hear all about this. This is a fascinating <laughs> subject. It is fascinating stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, Skinwalker Ranch has been a place, uh, personally, that I've been trying to get to for 15 years, ever since you know George Knapp and Tom Kelleher put their book out in 2005. I've pursued it. You know, my career in the last 20 years in television has been all stories of the unexplained, paranormal, um, that sort of stuff. And Skinwalkers, you know, the penultimate spot. You know, it's it's the hot spot on the planet where, you know, no matter where I've been over the last 20 years, you take all of those experiences combined across, you know, 100 different locations, all those things happen on Skinwalker Ranch. So it's like the 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 world's best living laboratory for study of phenomena and uh, unexplained activity. I think it's, you know, I just saw something, Mark, I have to give you a huge compliment because having been in radio for 51 years and in the middle of that, I worked at Capitol Records for 10 years. I also did voiceover for about 30 of those years. And I'm going to read a line and then remark about what a powerful man you must be. In my 20 years of working in documentary and unscripted television, I have created and produced, directed and written and delivered more than 200 hours of primetime television. As an executive producer and showrunner, I have managed teams of more than 100 people. Mark, you managed 100 actors. You're my hero. Not, not actors. Not actors. <laughs> no, no, no. But a lot. So, so you know, a lot. <laughs> I'll say this. So I, you know, of course I did a, a lot of, I produced and directed a lot of different types of shows in my career. Um, you know, paranormal wasn't always an option. Right. And I did uh, 50 episodes, a uh, show ran 50 episodes of a show called Sex Sent Me to the, to the ER. On oh, TLC. sure. I remember that. And, and yeah, and that show was a beast. We were did the first run, we did 35 episodes in one run. So God. we had simultaneously, I had a, a, casting company that was looking for you know real people for real stories then i had uh, producers that were taking those people's stories and we were pitching them to the network then we had uh, teams interviewing those people and getting their stories then we had a whole team of writers writing the actual reenactments based off of those people's stories and then we had in in filming the recreations there were you know we did three stories an hour so we had um a massive team uh recreation team which was you know directors a whole ad department first second 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 directors um and we had ad's we had um a full a full production management department we had a a, a full art department and then, you know, as, as well as producers, right, and, and all those writers. And then I think we had like maybe six or six to eight writers at the time. And then we were in edit on three episodes at a time. So I had my entire post department that I had that I was overseeing. And then so there was a point in time. You know, it's like a, a hub, right? It's like a hill you get to the top where you're doing everything at the top and then things start to fall off. So there was a time where we were you know, casting and pitching and interviewing real people scripting reenactments filming reenactments 
editing episodes in online and delivering episodes, you know, uh, at the same time. So it was, you know, I think we at one point counted, we had like 2,200, um, you know, boxes to tick to, to deliver the show. So that team, you know, was, was well over a hundred people just because of all of those people that I, that I had to, that I, that I oversaw. No, Mark, I know it's a, it's a very, very tough business. You work really, really hard, but what a great thing you're, you're experiencing. Uh, yeah, I know it's a lot of work, but my God, the, the charm and the joy of it all and the, the, the special feeling of it all must be terrific. Yeah, well, you know, I, I became a storyteller because of my interest in the unexplained. I grew up in this world. You know, my, my mother um, is a sensitive. She was, you know, back in the 70s, which oh, is called okay. psychic. Sure. You know, we just called it psychic, right? Yep. I mean, I didn't know much of what that meant back then, and it didn't seem odd to me that she, you know, was very spiritual, still is, you know, um, and has her beliefs in, in otherworldly things. Um, and then my father was, you know, still is a, a hardcore science fiction nut. Um, and even though he's, you know, was a Manhattan businessman, you know, loved uh, Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers and Star Trek. And I grew mm. up on all this stuff mixed with my mom's real world belief in the, you know, the, the supernatural, so to speak. And so I always wanted to tell stories of sort of um, science fiction, unexplained, unknown. And I, um, when I came to Los Angeles in 2000, you know, within a couple of years, sort of the unscripted television business was kicking in and the first opportunity I got was to uh, in the unexplained world, the paranormal world was to work on season three of ghost hunters as a supervising producer. Right. The field. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got to begin my career in a world that I wanted to explore right from the get go. And it's just evolved since then. That's terrific. The history channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, the secret of skinwalker ranch uh, did return last night. As a matter of fact, nine o'clock central time, and it is, uh, boy, I tell you what, the History Channel is delivering programming, Mark. The History Channel is doing a great job. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, you know, it's, it's great that with all of the noise on TV, especially in the documentary or right. factual or unscripted world, that, you know, history is still churning out just quality content, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, and the same, the same company, this production company behind Skinwalker Ranch, they also make The Curse of Oak Island, Ancient Aliens, The Unexplained. Um, so, you know, they know how to do it, right? And, and it's, they know how to do it without compromise. You know, um, and there's far too many projects out there that are just, you know, a bunch of BS, right? Just fake stuff. Right, and, right. Um, you know, uh, over-exaggerated things. And, and History Channel, you know, is very, very serious about the authenticity. You know, we have a – it's it's almost an unfortunate rule from a producer standpoint. But uh, on Skinwalker Ranch, if something happens, if the investigative team, if they see something or they experience something and we or they don't get it on camera – we can't use it. And, you know, I will say this, this season more happened than in both seasons combined prior and probably a lot of the prior investigations that were done by whether it's OSAP, Bigelow, um, NIDS, you know, the government, whoever. Um, and so we had plenty of occurrences that we couldn't use because there was no evidence of it. And it's like, no, you can't you can't say something happened if we can't see it. Um, and we still have a mountain 
of just incredible experiences, evidence, and phenomenon. So, um, you know, History Channel sort of holds us to that standard. And, and so does Brandon, by the way, and, and Travis and Eric. I mean, they're Travis and Eric. They're, they're legit scientists. Yep. They're not going to, they will not risk their, you know, their reputation and their, you know, their careers to, to just make, you know, fodder entertainment. And Brandon was very clear from the get-go that, you know, nothing can be untrue. So, you know, that's not the case with a lot of networks, you know, sure, and, and sure. in history, they have history in their name. So, um, you know, it, we're fortunate that they give us the freedom to explore and tell the story that's really existing and taking place. You know, a lot of times <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I got along and I get along great and I love everybody in the cast. They're just such good guys and I, I consider them all friends now. But, uh, you know, there were times where we'd get into it and they'd have to remind me. The science leads the story. The story does not lead the science. Ooh. So you're right. You know, you're right. We're, we're here to document, you know. You're yeah, right. History Channel does a great job. As whenever. You know, one thing that I love about doing the, the interviews on the podcast, this podcast has been on the air now, well, in two months it's been on the air for 10 years. Yep, 10 years. And I do a morning show, and Tom, I've been on the morning show for 37 mm-hmm. years. And, and every time you talk about somebody, or anybody, I have anybody on the show and they reference somebody, I have these great flashbacks, like you mentioned, the unexplained. I have interviewed uh, William Shatner at least 50 to 100 times over the year, probably <laughs> yeah. more than that. And I don't know why he does it, but every time I talk to him, he goes, Tom, how you doing, Tom? <laughs> like made up a new way to say Tom, apparently. You what know, a, I've heard that about him, that he says people's names, you know, in yes, his own way. He does. Great guy, though. I, I've never had a problem with him. Now... When I've had a couple and of he's deals. still going. I mean, yeah. he just, did he just turn like 80 or something? No, 93, I mean, isn't he? I think. What? Oh my God. And he's and he's still doing it. Like, I don't, you know, it's just 91. Some people, 91. the level of energy they have, I just, yeah. I am just, I will always be in awe. 91 years. Yeah, he just turned 91 in March. Oh, he did. That's okay. crazy. Isn't that unbelievable? That's, yeah. Um, Listen to him, right? So now we don't want to take anything away from the History Channel's uh, series, the, the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, but a little just kind of an inkling about where we're headed with this. I don't, you know, don't reveal the story because I want to watch it. But what's it all about? Yeah, um, well, lucky for you, I'm not allowed to reveal too much. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> lucky for <laughs> but, you, you know, Tom. But, Dome. but I'll say this: you know, um, what, what's great about this year's investigation is, and you can see it in the super tease. You know, the tease at the end of the show—that's the promo for what's coming down the pipe in the season. So I'm not giving too much away. Good. To say that, to say that, you know, one of the primary areas of interest continues to be the triangle what's been labeled the triangle this was identified as this location early on where they you know identified a strange um energy signal from a mile up that they were able to triangulate and then they dug down below and found a strange substance that um had materials consistent with aircraft or spacecraft um and and you know we we followed up directly this year in the episode that aired last night the first experiment that the guys did was a follow-up to the last experiment they did last season. They went up in the helicopter and in Brandon's helicopter with Cameron Fugel in order to try to get some measurements as to what was up at that 5,000 foot spot above the triangle. But as they tried to engage the, the region, the altimeter warning on the helicopter was, was going off saying it was only the helicopter was only 40 feet above 50 feet above the ground meaning there was something underneath them and no and there wasn't there there was nothing there nobody could see anything now what happened was uh after the fil- the show f- um finished filming and airing 
you know, through the footage, Eric was able to see what looks like these black streaks that are just there for a couple of frames flying underneath the helicopter. So, you know, what the heck is that? Nobody knows. So the first experiment that the guys did was they went back up in the helicopter up to that 5,000 foot spot. But this time they took a series of tubes with GPS units in them. And the idea is go up to that spot. If there is something anomalous in the air, drop a bunch of GPS sensors down through it and see if later when you put the GPS data into a 3D model, you notice any sort of deviation from the flight path, right, from the descent. Um, for instance, if there's a gravitational anomaly, will these GPS sensors appear to go around it and therefore give us a three-dimensional image constructed of not only what the anomaly is, but exactly where it is? You know, in a true Skinwalker Ranch fashion, nothing goes according to plan. Um, <laughs> right. and, and they were just, you know, wrought with, with equipment failures and issues, but did manage to get data from two GPS units that showed not only one of the bottles looking like it actually, like, hit something in the middle of the air and moved, but then the strangest thing is that the when the helicopter was on its ascent up, the GPS data showed it not only underground, but flying into and out of the mesa. And if you know anything about the lore and the history, that's called that mesa part of the mesa is called Skinwalker Ridge. Oh right. You know, that's that's there's a lot of storage in there. So I can tell you that what happened in last night's episode is definitely con continued throughout the season. You know, one of the things that these guys did this year was they followed up on everything. Right. There wasn't a, well, that didn't go according to plan or we got some data. Let's just move on to something completely different. No, every experiment has something to do with the previous. It's it was very important to them that they make sure to continue to connect those dots. So we have these great experiences with GPS data, with, you know, this anomaly above the triangle, with, you know, the, the flight path in the Mesa. And I'll tell you right now, that is that sets the tone for the entire the entire season. You know what I find fascinating about all that stuff, whether it's, you know, a belief in a deity or, or a belief in, in, in beings from outer space, I, I looking and look through a telescope sometime and tell me we're the only beings in this vast, vast universe. It's ridiculous to think we're the only ones here. Yeah, sure. And, and as we learn more and more about the, you know, the multiverse, you know, yeah, or, yep. or, you know, parallel worlds, or now we have the intersecting parallel worlds theory and quantum physics and quantum entanglement and, you know, uh, micro micro black hole and wormhole and portals. You know, that was one of the things that the guys talked about with this experiment was we've been hearing this story of a portal above Skinwalker Ranch ever since we began. The stories go back to the Shermans, you know, who lived there when when you know, prior to, to Nids and, and Bigelow, who saw, you know, portals open up in the sky and things come out. Um so, you know, my question is always like, if you can accept the possibility that there's something in the air there that connects spaces, you know, spaces, places, or time, however you want to look at it, mm -hmm. what's on the other side? Right. Um, and, and, and that's really the most compelling thing to me. What's, you know, who or what is on the other side? And I, and I like to think, you know, I, I'm actually in the process of writing an article for the Alien Con online magazine about the season of The Ranch. And I like to say, you know, I like to believe that in some other reality, there's a group of scientists interacting with a space above their land, a spot in the sky where they've had anomalous, 
you know, uh, readings where, you know, every time we fire a rocket, they see a bright light and yeah. say there's a UAP in the sky. You know, they send a drone and we see a UAP or whatever, right? I mean, I want, I, I like to think that there's um, these other possibilities that exist that are just incredibly fascinating to, to wonder about from a scientific perspective, as well as, you know, even the science fiction, you know, uh, sort of perspective of, you know, are there extraterrestrials? Are there interdimensional beings? What, mm -hmm. you know, we do know one of the fascinating things about this season is, you know, in 2017, when the, the Tic Tac video was released, the, the world changed overnight. You know this, you know, and, and then the acknowledgement of the of the UAP program, the federal UAP program, and then the federal UAP report summary that was released. And now the DIA documents, you know, Skinwalker Ranch was really, you know, sort of the beginning of a lot of those things. And they studied this stuff. We know that the DIA studied things like wormhole technology and and were interested in dimensional um transdimensional you know technologies understanding because of their experiences at skinwalker ranch so we're we're really picking up where something left off but being able to do it in a way now that's not sort of you know wrought with a stigma that it used to be you know when i started the ghost hunting shows you know back in early 2000 people were still like i don't know if i want to tell someone my house is haunted now, oh, sure. if you tell someone your house is haunted, you got a lot of people out your door <laughs> waiting to get in, right? That's true. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and so we're 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 now at that point, and because of the the acknowledgement by the federal government and governments around the world, this season, the the investigative team was able to interact and discuss um, and get information from from people that never would have been able to speak before. Mark, I need a favor from you as we go forward. And if you ever do meet some extraterrestrial beings, could you do me a favor and ask them to come down here and, and take the far left and the far right political opinions and erase them so all of us in the middle can live our lives again? <laughs> Just take them to another planet. Yeah, take, the you, take them to another planet. Get done. Just get them know, out of not, here. Not to go off on a, on a tangent here, but you know, people always like, don't you think that the, you know, the aliens and extraterrestrials are here? And I have to say, just from a like a logistical, logical perspective, what do we have to offer them? Yeah, they want, right. they're gonna want. Oh, let's go! Let's go watch this worldwide reality show of of conflict and drama. Oh and, God! You know, and and I mean, come on, you know, and, and I say that jokingly, but I also say that semi seriously. Like, you know, why why do we think that we are you know worthy of interaction if we don't have contribution? It's true. It's 100 um, percent true. You know, yeah, let's wipe out. Let's, let's wipe out extremism in every in every sense of the word, and get back to um, you know shared experience and, and, and shared um, you know shared what we share in our lives that make us more like each other instead of different. Mm -hmm. So you know, I just think as a nice Catholic kid, as a youngster, I think everybody should become Catholic so they can all get along because they all believe the same thing. Works for me. You know, I, I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. No, um, not Marinaccio. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, um, but uh, my, I went to St. Joseph's Prep High School in Philadelphia, which is Jesuits. Sure. And that gave me a whole new understanding on sort of, you know, what it means to, to, to give and to connect. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm not a religious person. At no, by I'm not either. Obviously, but, right. growing up in northern New Jersey, Roman Catholic, you can't be at your adulthood. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> just how it happens, right? But you know, I was um, top, top. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish it. I'll, I'll, no, no, no. You know, I was just saying. So I'm not religious by, by any sense, but I value, I value um, you know, the community. The, the, uh, the. You know, I even sent my kids to for a while to to Catholic and, and Christian schools just because, you know, at the end of the day, we just need to not be jerks. Yeah, we did the same thing. Andy's was on the show. Yeah, Alex, our daughter, is usually on the show today, but she's got yep. a sick child. But they went to Catholic school as well, and it's not because we're Catholic. It's just because, uh, Mark, I quit high school in 10th grade, and they asked me why I was quitting. I said, because I learned the same thing you're teaching in 10th grade and 5th grade at Catholic mm. school. Great schools. Mm-hmm. But I think, Mark, the number one thing about it is, uh, watching things, I think it's good for people to watch things like The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch to maybe, maybe there's, maybe I'm not right about everything. Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe sure. I shouldn't be angry about everything. I think it's good for them. Well, you know, Travis talks about that pretty, you know, um, in depthly. You know, he he came onto that show in season one with the eye roll. Right? He was <laughs> like, "What is this nonsense you people are talking about? I am here. I am here with science and data. You know, and." And and he was like, I'm going to, you know, just not going to mess around with any of this other BS. And, you know, and now he literally says, I don't know what to believe anymore. Right. Which is good. <laughs> you know, that's a good that's thing. Good. It's we have to you stress the muscle of thought, you know, and 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 challenge beliefs in order to to gain perspective. Right. Makes total sense. Are you having just a ball in your career? It sounds like you have so much fun in your career. Yeah, you know I do. Look, I mean, making television shows, you know, it's, it's a grind, right? And, sure. and honestly, I do not, I don't run shows anymore. I don't don't produce, run direct uh, shows anymore unless it's something that I'm passionate about. And um, I made that conscious decision to really do a lot of other things. I, I, I always want to be a storyteller, tell the stories of mm-hmm. of the unknown, but so I can do it through a, a few different ways. I have a um, the first in a science fiction uh, series novel that I that I wrote and released. I've got scripted projects to work. I've got my social media, the at Strange Story Co, where I engage with people. Um, but this project was, like I said, I wanted to get to that ranch for 15 years, so I did it. Um, so I get to enjoy the best parts of my career in that, you know, I don't, I'm not a slave to the paycheck. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and that's cause in, in the unscripted business, I mean, it grinds you down. You would, there is no time for life when you're making these shows because it's documentary, it's documentary filmmaking in, in so many ways that, you know, you're living it, you know, you're, you're living it, you're breathing it, you're eating it. So, in order to tell a story properly, you are a part of it. You know, um, you don't mm-hmm. you don't punch a clock. You don't, you know, go home and turn off and not think about it at night and weekends. You know, um, plus, a lot of times these types of shows you're doing a lot of night filming when you're still working during the day. So, um, I've found a way through these other outlets to really enjoy this type of storytelling and story exploration, which is what I really call it, uh, even more than than I ever did before. So, with a hundred people to kind of wrangle and handle um and the only reason i'm asking this question mark is i'm trying to learn something how to how to better deal with my own life (laughs) i deal with a few people on on the morning show and and this is a family thing so we all work together very well and it's not that that i just uh, it's such a grind as you're saying making a a tv series and all the rest of it i have days where oh we can't hear tom where's tom well and i'm talking to them i can hear them and they can't hear me Mm -hmm. Uh, i've told these people 50 times make sure all the buttons are pushed 
Yeah. Mark, <laughs> how do you do that with 100 people, Mark? That's what I want it's to like, know. It's like the story of the IT guy who had to fly across the country to fix the server, and all he had to do was you know, turn the power button on, which <laughs> asked him to do 100 times, and they all swore it was on. I'm not um, kidding you, Mark. I just went through it. No, you know, I, organization, <laughs> I, I use technology to my advantage. So on that show in particular, on Sex Symphony to the ER in particular, there was new, uh, a new online software called... Um, I don't know how you pronounce it, Asana or Asana, you know, A-S-A-N-A at the yep. time. And I don't, I don't have a need for it right now. To use it. But at the time, that changed my life because I was able to fully organize all the different departments and the people within those departments and the tasks within those that people had, but it was everybody shared. So the people would have to update their own progress, their own tasks. When I had, you know, instead of at the end of my day going home with, a, you know, a handful of scripts to read and give notes on, I knew throughout the day when a script was ready for me to read um, and I could manage my own day. Um, you know, that that was the, the using the technology for organization. And now, you know, I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a tech nut. I've always been. I, I'm a writer, so I love the pen and paper feel. But at the same time, I have a remarkable tablet, which is one of the, you know, the, the e-ink tablets where... I can carry this thin little piece of electronics around with me anywhere. And it's the equivalent to 20 journals and a thousand books. Mm. Um, and it's organized and I keep everything organized. So it's honestly, it's just organization, you know, it's, and, and for people it's different. You know, I may have a board with everything up on the wall, handwritten and then mm-hmm. stuff on the computer that's, that mirrors that because you know, it just depends at what time, at what point in time, you know, um, um, my brain is going to, recall or receive that information the best is it good because it's written and on a wall or is it because i'm reading it on a tablet or on the computer screen um so uh, repetition sort of i think is is a key to the organization as well um and so sometimes you know if people aren't aren't remembering what their tasks are oh god you make you make a list and you know and then people are are accountable to their own lists um, and you know, I do the same thing I do with my kids a lot. It's like, look, you can be forgiven for being, for being forgetful. We all are. Yeah. What you right. can't, what you can't be forgiven is, you know, not taking steps to, to, you know, counteract or manage that, you know, um, it, you know, when somebody comes to take your order at a restaurant and they don't write it down, the automatic expectation is something's going to be wrong. It's great when they, and it's wonderful when they, when they bring it to you and it's correct, but just for peace of mind, fake, you know, lie to me. Let me think you're writing it down the order. Right. Um, just because that, but that's always things like, you know, did you write it down? Um, and that's, you know, and it's funny, I'm coming from a writer, right? Did you write it down? <laughs> yeah. That's it's just interesting. It's sort of like what I was saying. If we didn't film it, it doesn't exist on the show. If you don't write it down, it doesn't, it might as well not exist because it's gone. And I learned very, very long time ago, and I use it on the because I don't go into the same studio. I have my own studio, so I'm not with them. That's why they, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I, uh, in the immortal words of Christopher Walken, "Do what I tell you, or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from." <laughs> wow, <laughs> one of the greatest quotes of all time. <laughs> I will tell you that, Mark Marinaccio. You got to come back, Mark. I love talking to you, man. Just it, talking me about too. the. Seriously, the show, Secrets uh, at Skinwalker Ranch, or the business, the History Channel, all the things we talked about today, how people are not paying attention anymore. Anytime you want to come on and talk, Mark, I'd love to have you back. Anytime. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You Mark, too. Thanks for having me on. Mark Marinaccio, ladies and gentlemen, History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Last night, Tuesday, May 3rd, 
10 o'clock Eastern, of course, 9 o'clock Central Time, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Hell of a show. And thank you again to Mark. We'll be right back right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Saber is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Saber, Saber and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Saber. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm excited to tell you about a well-being and weight loss program I personally know works. It's called Continuum Weight and Well-Being. So why Continuum? Because if you're like most of their clients, you've tried countless programs and the DIY version of weight loss. If you're back at square one and just not happy with your weight, health, and how you're feeling, great news. Continuum is doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They don't just focus on weight loss. They're upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation and find out more today. Simply go to their website, continuumweightwellbeing.com, or call them or text them at 952-491-6527. The Continuum team, Nancy, Danette, and Kelly, are looking forward to getting you healthier today. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th, that's exactly Star Wars Day or something. Yes, it is Star Wars Day. No question about it. Tip of the cap, by the way, to Dolly Parton for making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though she doesn't sing rock and roll. Rock and roll? She made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did she ever do a rock and roll song? I don't think so. I do love her, though. She's terrific. i got to make a re-reference on this, uh, Chappelle, because there's something new now to this story. 
Arrest made in Chappelle attack, but now renewed controversy. The comedian is under fire for his trans comments again. Oh, for God's sakes. Who cares? After a huge response by the LAPD following an attack on comedian Dave Chappelle during his performance at the Hollywood Bowl Tuesday night, police say an arrest has been made, reports the Los Angeles Times. A man ID'd by cops as Isaiah Lee, 23, was booked on charges of assault with a deadly weapon, being held on $30,000 bail. The attacker is alleged to have uh, had his, uh, on his person a replica gun with a built-in knife, though the 48-year-old comedian wasn't injured. Officials aren't speaking on a motive. They uh, yet aren't yet sure how the suspect got the weapon through security because it was all plastic. The blade was plastic, not uh-huh. metal. Uh-huh. Interesting. <clears throat> Meanwhile, an old controversy has once more reared his head thanks to a remark Chappelle made to the audience. A BuzzFeed journalist who was at the show noted that Chappelle made a trans joke, his exact breathless words. Buzz. It was a trans man. It's a joke for Christ's Do, sake. They don't get the joke because oh, he God. he has been being under fire or for just making jokes about everybody. He always has. Always have makes fun of all skin colors. It's like, all if races, you don't like whatever. him, don't watch his shows. Don't you know, don't buy his albums. Don't pay any attention to him whatsoever. Well, they're upset if you don't because like they him. don't actually have any real power. As long as the other person doesn't capitulate, then the outrage mob has no power. Right. And he's problem. not capitulating. Right. And it's making them feel as impotent as they actually are. Yes. And that's making them very upset. Yes. Here's the deal. Uh, what's you been talked it. about on this show, it's been talked on the morning show. This family knows, last I checked, it was three, maybe it's more than that now, three trans people. Cliff Siegel, one of my best friends growing up, played football with him in a whole deal is now Lawrence Siegel. He did the first transgender traffic report in radio history on KQRS. I love Lauren as much as I loved Cliff. Wonderful guy. There's another couple of people, that one of them doesn't want his name or her name now mentioned, uh, but then there was another friend of the family. I don't think I should mention her name Mm-mm. either. because uh, <laughs> No, because they didn't, they didn't, you know, give me the the okay to do so now lauren as i said has appeared on the kq morning show many times uh here's the deal so i've talked many times about this the fact that this family our family has has uh last count anyway maybe it's more now but three trans people as friends in the family i've not gotten one phone call from any of these type of people saying you know it's so great that you support the trans community as much as you do so they're never there to congratulate you and thank you. They're always there to rip the piss oh, out of you. Said, the whole world is all about like mongers. Everybody mm-hmm. wants it's to true. get likes. That's all they care about. I, I mean, know. they'll say any outrageous, egregious, terrible thing just to get likes. Uh, but look, if you're going to go after people, look, Dave Chappelle is not trying to bury trans people or whatever. He's a comedian, for Christ's sake. He's going to tell jokes about black people, about trans people, about whatever. Relax. Well, He's not making your life any The fact that somebody harder. was going to attack him and possibly kill him, he might have been a little stressed out. Yeah, just yeah. a little wound. Yeah, and that's maybe true. he didn't tell the greatest joke at the moment. So, you know what? Just maybe cut him some slack. Somebody tried to murder him on but stage. But once again... When people do the exact opposite and support you 100%, where are all these people going, hey, man, that's great that you do that? Like I said, it's Not just, one word. What's the biblical saying about how you see the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in a your boulder, own? boulder. I thought it was a speck in a boulder. I think Something it's a like log that. and a know. speck. Maybe there's a speck on your log. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. But, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what what it is, is looking looking for things 
always looking for things to be wrong is a very easy thing to do. Yeah, but again, why do you want, I, I will tell you for the 9,000th time, I would never admit it if you victimized me. I could never admit that. You victimized me. I, you're never going to hear that from me. Sorry. And I've been victimized before in the past. I'm being victimized right now by a few people. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, whatever. You're assholes and you do what you do. Am I going to waste time being pissed off at the world? No. You're assholes. Not everybody's an asshole like you are. So we move on, right? <laughs> right. Well, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, yes, there are some people in this world that are disgusting. But I will tell you this. The three people that are going after me right now are on that way far left side. So I don't know what – look, like I said, first uh, first morning show in America with all those different kinds of people on it, uh, whatever, this, that. We had, I believe – 30 years ago, might have been 25, 26 years ago, had a, a man-to-woman tra- trans and a woman-to-man trans, and that never comes up either. We supported trans people for decades now, and nobody even Honey, knows it. it wasn't fashionable. Oh, so that's what it is, yes, isn't it? It's not fashionable. the politicians weren't on that bandwagon. There's no bandwagon. money to be made from it then. No, exactly. Yeah, there you go. And that's exactly what it's all about. You have about. to be in, in fashion. Everything has to be in fashion. But don't you think that most people, and I don't know about most people, but do you, can you think of anybody in our family or any of my friends or your friends or whatever that care, you know, as long as you're treated well, you know, they support people, whatever whatever you need. Well, the number one cameo uh person is is what what's her name it used to be uh, bruce jenner was it kate kylie jenner no not kylie jenner what what's jenner's name oh caitlin caitlin jenner yeah mm-hmm. you know he's the number one or she you now is the number one cameo person you know to do a two-minute cameo twenty five hundred dollars mm. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good when you look at it yeah and she's by far number one so apparently people don't have a problem with with man, man to woman trans people because he's very, very popular. I think or that she now. what people are having a hard time with is all of this, this extreme activism being shoved down everyone's throat. I couldn't agree more. That's the problem. If you could just state your point and move along and not have to have everybody, like Andy said, bow down in front of you because you have an opinion, yep. then it would be really nice. Do you think it's a lot of people who have never been out of this country that think America is the worst place on earth? I know. It's like with this abortion issue. You know, it's a state nobody, thing. No, there's three countries that allow after, I think, week 14 or 15 yeah. abortions. It's the United States, China, and North Korea. There you go. All the rest have to be below 14 weeks. It's just amazing. And we're constantly saying how far we're so much, we're so backwards compared to Europe and this and that. What? No, they like, don't know anything about Europe. They don't know. They don't. They have this like uh, Hollywood idea of what Europe is like, where everything is free and everyone is happy and can do whatever they want. Well, oh. it's like that show. What's that magician that fools people? Carbonaro effect. The Carbonaro effect. <clears throat> Every time he comes, and when he's got some, you know, he's. He's got a trick. He's got something, some product that's going to do something that's going to be like really mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. He's always like, "Oh yes, this was uh, made in Macedonia. Yep. It's a, right. it's a special <laughs> fish from you know." Yeah, he, he just does. makes it because people are like, "Oh, I, mean, I haven't heard of it, yep. so it's got to be right." I don't know. Yeah, about Macedonia, yeah. so right. it's most likely that this could be true. Some exotic thing. 
I like I said. I just I well we did, we have learned from watching the Outlaws, uh, the TV show, that uh, England has the exact same problems with with white people and black people that we do. Yeah, we were watching it. Like, I mean, it's the exact same argument, and and now basically it's a world argument. If you think that black and white people didn't get along just in America, you're nuts. It's been a global problem from day one. That people who look different than you are your enemies until they prove they're it's not. It's been an economic issue from well, day no one. No doubt about Whenever it. Whenever people migrate from someplace because they're escaping war-torn tr- territories, or whether they've been taken against sold their by will, their own country people. sold by people to other people, yeah. you're going to have economic disparities. That's uh, just how it is. And I know. until the education of said people and the work catch up it's all, it's going to stay the same it is you, you can't you can't legislate out of the ghetto if you're going to keep being a drug dealer no it's going to be pretty tough you probably end up dead yeah and i'm not saying that there's obviously there's definitely hurdles for minorities well to yeah get over. poor people well poor people well, Not just minorities, but poor people. I'm sure. I, I'm sure in the past. I mean, especially in the 60s, well, in the past, 70s, it was yeah. different. Yeah, was it totally was a lot deal. harder to break into certain things. I'm sure, for them, than it would be if they had white skin. You know that yeah. has to be true. Look, it is true. All I'm saying is just follow the lead of Mark and Timmy Lammers. Just stop being so goddamn grabby. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, like right. I said, that's how you get a big followership on social media is to buy, be super crabby and just say outrageous things. Yeah, because you get you get likes then, mm-hmm. and you get hits and all that. It's all digital is destroying the world, which I told them I was going to do 10 years ago. It is destroying the world because all people care about are likes. Boy, oh my, I was out really outrageous, but everybody loved it. Well, and you were talking about victimhood. People love victimhood on oh, social media, God, too. Oh, do they ever. Oh, me too. I was victimized. It's terrible. I feel your pain. You're so brave. It's You're stunning and brave for bringing this up so people can talk about these things. I mean, it, they, it, it just plays really well on social media and i don't see that type of thing going away anytime soon no i don't either Uh-oh. okay to lighten things up a little bit how much have, have you ever spent on a shirt andy the most you ever spent on buying a shirt andy <laughs> he waits for people to give him shirts. Yeah. <laughs> seven dollars <laughs> seven dollars you're thinking Catherine, yeah, it's, how about probably, you? it's probably like 20 20 bucks Catherine. oh a couple hundo uh if it was, somewhere, it, was, it was something for something fancy that yeah. I had to wear, like, to a charity event or whatever. Right. Yeah, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but probably very rarely. Yeah, very rarely. Probably 100, 150 bucks for a shirt is the most I ever spent. I uh, was, uh, was expected to fetch big bucks, and it outpaced even those expectations. The shirt worn by Diego Maradona when he scored the controversial Hand of God goal against England in 1986 World Cup. The jersey he was wearing that day just sold... For $9.3 million. <laughs> Just don't get that. <laughs> that collector stuff? I don't. I don't either. It doesn't I'm make sorry. any sense I, to me. Why would I, mean, I care to have I guess, his shirt? And it's probably because my mom always was collecting just the stuff. 
stupidest things that oh, she really? thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, God rest her soul. She <laughs> That was a very old lady thing yeah, to do. Figurines hummels, hummels and stuff. or something. Something called Hummels. Little hummels? Fig, I think they were Himmels or Hummels or some sort of figurine. Oh, yeah, and, Hummel figurines. Here we and go. And then what was that? Oh, uh, I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, she had a couple of those. And she everywhere they went, they bought like a silver spoon. Yep. The silver spoons, oh, the plates. Oh, yeah, the silver some sort spoons. Of plates. That's yeah, what right. was that? You're right. They were, yeah, the commemorative plates, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was some company that used yep. to put out. My mom and dad, when they were moving, they told me, oh, we've got all of these commemorative plates from, I don't know what the yep. name of that company is. And um, they're worth a Let's ton see. of money. They're collector's items. And I went on the oh, internet. No. I said, okay, I'll try to sell them for you. <laughs> oh, no. I will try to sell them for you. Everybody had brand new boxes yep. of these plates. Mm-hmm. They were like the United States seal, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's like when presidents get elected, they put out a plate. Yeah, and some there's sort a of... Princess Di plate. Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's a, there's a plate there's for just, everything. There were just a ton of you them. You can get a Joe Biden plate right now for yeah. 60 bucks. See, there you go. Uh, so I, I was like, I'll, I'll sell them for you because they were expecting, you know, they were expecting thousands of dollars for these yeah. plates. They had like, I think right. a dozen of them. And I'm like, <clears> I hate to tell you this, but the best I can do for you is $40 oh, for all of them. My dad almost <laughs> fell over. They mm-hmm. thought they were sitting on a little pile of money there well, and the problem with that kind of thing is the more people buy them the less value they have so exactly. if they're very popular then they're not going to have exactly. any value because there's there's i mean there's yeah. um there's nes games out there you know 40 years old at this point almost uh and they're worth like 50 cents because so many people bought them yeah. just because they're old and they're unique doesn't mean anything if there's a million of them right. out there. Or if there's also NES games out there that are worth tens of thousands of dollars because so few people bought them that oh. they're rare. Okay. That's what matters is rarity. Yeah. What were those little puppies when you were a kid? The little beanie babies. Beanie oh babies. Oh my god, yes. the beanie oh, babies! I forgot about those. Oh my god, beanie babies. That's yeah. right. Those well, they, and thing. they were trading for tons of money they were, even back yeah. then. They were. Yeah. I'm sure that's a bygone craze. I think it went under actually. Beanie Babies is gone. Beanie Babies was Thai, I think. I think yeah, still it was Thai. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The most expensive Beanie Babies in the world. Uh, you had a couple of Beanie Babies. I yeah, but. I don't know. I never collected them. No. There's a few that are worth quite a bit. Uh, Bubbles the Fish is worth $129,000. If you go to to an an estate sale or a garage sale and you see Bubbles the Fish, you better grab it. (laughs) You better grab it, Only error Bubbles the Fish. Which means, like, the tag is wrong or the mouth is the wrong color. That makes it extra valuable. Really? Yep. One so, of a kind. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Well, that, that's exactly it. If, if there's an error in the manufacturing yep. process, it makes it one of a kind. I just like I said, I've just I don't, after watching my mom collect weird stuff and thinking that it was always going to be worth a ton of money. I, I used to talk about this with Louis Anderson. His mom liked to collect. Oh yeah, stuff I, and, I do remember. The that. collector's yeah. item. Mm-hmm. And then when he gave, I remember one time <laughs> he gave. I don't know if it was Alex or Andy or a bobblehead of himself. Yes. Yep. And, and a watch. Which I don't watch. know what ever happened to that watch. That was, uh, yeah, it was sure a, that's long uh, what was his cartoon? Life with Louie. Life with Louie mm-hmm. watch. 
And I opened them up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know you had merch. And he says, those are going to be collector's items someday. Uh, well, might <laughs> and, I mean, be he was earnest, and I, wonder, and I started see. laughing. They He's like, what's so now. funny? And I said, you, you, know, you are your mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you and go. you're my mother, You can too. buy a Life with Louie watch unopened in the package for 30 bucks. Oh, so, oh Well, Louis. not okay. I mean, it's a watch, you know. How about the bobbleheads? Let's see. Toots had a bottle of bobblehead and Louis yes, Anderson. Yes, yeah. I don't Tim Pawlenty and Louis Anderson. Oh. Which I love because Louis was very, very liberal, and Tim Pawlenty was, he wasn't very conservative, but he was conservative. Uh, the official Louis bobblehead, uh, here's one's up here. Well, this, let me find uh, sold listings because oh. that's what actually matters. Yeah. Okay, while you're looking for it, can I ask Mom uh, a question? Mm-hmm. 50 bucks? Mm. Oh, it's 50 bucks. So we're sitting on head. $80 of yeah. 80 bucks, Louis baby. merch right there. $80, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll close with this one. I'm going to just read you part of the descriptor. A little seven year old girl named Brinley Heidebrink. That Brinley. name sounds familiar. Heidebrink. Heidebrink. Yeah. Mm. Not Brinley, but the Heidebrink part. Did I know Heidebrinks? I don't How do you know. spell it? Uh, H-E-I-D-E-B-R-I-N-K. Brinley Heidebrink. Heidebrink and Associates? There you go. Oh, yeah, Heidebrink and Associates in Laverne, Minnesota. There you go. That's so it is, yeah, it's a Minnesota thing. It's in <clears throat> yep. auto, oh, it's an insurance company, apparently. Oh, it is? Okay. Huh. Okay. Girl, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a seven-year-old girl. She's gone to Mass at a Catholic church. She shows off one of her skills to the priest as she's, uh, he delivers the, the uh, what do they call it again? Communion? The communion wafer. Yeah, it's called a communion wafer. Well, I thought it had another name, though. <laughs> okay, so you have to guess what it was, the skill that she showed. You're not usually supposed to blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, if you're only seven years old, but Brinley Heidebrink just broke the mold, the Sioux, oh, Sioux Falls Argus leader, so she is from the area, yeah. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Brandon, South Dakota, which is even closer to Twin Cities, I believe, reports that the little girl, her first communion on April 23rd, she's seven years old in Brandon, South Dakota, she showed off a skill that the priest was shocked that she had. What skill did she show? Seven-year-old Brindley Heidebrink, her very first communion. Lizard tongue? I don't know. (laughs) Close enough. Transubstantiation? You ready? No. Yes. Girl 7 shows off her communion wine chugging skills. She's literally chugging the whole bottle of wine. She was thirsty. I would have stopped her. He has a look on his face like, oh, oh, oh. He's just shocked that this girl is doing that. Mm. She's 7 and she downs about a fifth of wine. It's better than having a lizard tongue. That's true. (laughs) All right. That's going to do. I love the show today. It was a lot of fun. Yay. Just the three of us in here. That was kind of nice. I get to take Jude to Home Depot. Home Depot. He loves Home Depot. Oh, he does. Daisy loves Home Depot. And people are are always, can I pet your dog? Give him (laughs) treats. So I have to sit there for holding stuff while people are petting Jew. They sit down on the floor to pet Jew. They love dogs there. And Menards won't let him in. I know. It's crazy. I know. Won't let who in? Dogs. Oh, Menards, dogs. Yeah, yeah Menards right. is anti-dog. That's yep. weird. Menards hates dogs. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow first. with the family. Bye.